0: Hello and welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul, my co-host Justin Baker and I, ready to talk some trades. I I think in a normal season, we would have already probably talked about the trade deadline. Here we are, it feels like it's a little early, but it's it's really not. It's about a month. Trade deadline is very, very close. Yeah. It's what, what April? 12th, I think. 12th, okay, yeah. yeah. So we're recording this on March 11th. So we are pretty close, about a month out, and there are a lot of looming trades that could happen. I actually, from from what I've been reading, a lot of trades will go down before this trade deadline because of quarantine rules, especially with Canada. I mean, any player that gets dealt to or from Canada, I think is going to have to wait two weeks before they can actually play. So, I mean, that's a that puts us at what, like March 28th, 29th-ish? probably is when guys are going to start getting moved because teams are going to want to pay somebody at the very end of the season to go all right well hey these last two we we're going to miss six games they're going to play what 10 games with the team I, I think they'd rather get that bulk of games and kind of get this done with before that deadline hits because i think it's going to get a little wonky um uh, also you never know like what happens if they decide to close a border or like something really weird happens i think you want to do this sooner rather than later and uh that is why we're going to do our trade deadline show sooner rather than later as in right now so top 10 trades that have the possibility of happening uh that's where we're gonna go justin has the list and we're gonna we're gonna rock through this
1: yeah i uh very red wings on your list a couple red wings i'm not gonna make any trades (laughs) Yeah, Red Wings aren't making any deals. Actually, you know what? I put so I put ten trades together that I think could possibly happen. Plus, I put together what I refer to as a bonus because I think it's ninety nine percent likely to happen in the off season. Okay. Oh. But it's a huge move that I think I would be comfortable making now if I was the GM of this team. And so we'll see what the people think. Okay, so are we are we just going to start off with
0: like the biggest possible trade, and then we'll kind of
1: yeah, whatever it down. order you
0: want. I'll, Let's start with the yeah. biggest possible trades. Because I think those are the ones that are are fun to talk about. We'll, and then as we go, we'll you know they'll they'll be the lesser. I'm sure Mark Stall appears on your list somewhere. He does, yes. doesn't he? Yes. yes, I knew it. I have not seen his list. <laughs> A I'm couple just, stalls are on this. Oh list.
1: wow, wow, we're all really stalling out. Uh, okay, well let's let's go. All Number right. one, let's do it. Okay. For me, it's Bobby Ryan leaving Detroit. I think that's the most likely trade to happen uh, because teams are always looking for scoring, depth, scoring, especially in that middle six. I think Bobby Ryan can definitely add some depth to any team, whether that's you know Colorado, Boston. Uh, but for me, Bobby Ryan, I honestly pegged him to go to Winnipeg. I okay, think with, yeah, that'd be a nice fit. yeah. With the absence of linegon gone, I think they could use a little bit depth um, on the wing there because not only does that You know, again, adding scoring is always fantastic for any team. But for me, that gives you the ability to move Paul Stasny down to your third line center. Pierre-Luc Dubois, you can slot him into that number two spot if you want. But it gives you all these options in terms of, you know, flexibility on the roster there. And so that top nine can really shuffle up and deal. And uh, to me, Bobby Ryan would probably cost Winnipeg a third round in maybe 2021 and then a 2022 fifth rounder. And they could probably get it done.
0: Yeah, and I I wonder would somebody be willing to give up a second round pick for Bobby Ryan right now?
1: Depends if he gets hot, right? If he gets hot and gets going, I think there are teams, you know, especially if he goes in close to, you know, a couple weeks out of the deadline and he puts up, you know, a few too many goals. Yeah, maybe a team that gets desperate or maybe waits to the last minute, right? Steve Eiserman holding on to him as long as possible and a team is just desperate for scoring and hey, some guys will overpay. Now the other side of it
0: Is there are quite a few Red Wings players who could potentially get dealt, and Bobby Ryan has been a pretty good fit, and Bobby Ryan has also overcome some demons in his life, and and not that you know I. It's always good when you're in a situation that is good to stay in said situation instead of going somewhere new, and honestly, if there's any place that you could go and and drink your life away, it would be Winnipeg. Well, I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> like some place that's boring and especially, I mean, in Canada, I mean, these guys are going to have to go and lock themselves away. That's what they all have to do. And I wonder if that, that's just a, like, I got to imagine Steve Eiserman's going to be kind to him. He'll have more takers than just Winnipeg. Sure. Uh, but I wonder if if that maybe is less of a possibility because of that. I mean, I, it's not like I know him personally, or yeah, I just know, you
1: know. No, and maybe he, I know what you know. You know, <laughs> again, he, he coming from Ottawa. You know, maybe Bobby Ryan's got a, a dislike, a distaste for maybe you know that that Canada, that area in there, and so maybe. But he is just, a free agent at the end of yes. the year. It's not like he can't.
0: I mean, he could go back to Detroit. Yeah, nothing's well stopping company. him from doing that either. Uh, I think a trade to, to Winnipeg does does make a lot of sense. Uh, but you got to remember too, Detroit has to keep some people. They got a Someone lot of young has guys. To stay behind. <laughs> and and maybe you know if he is in talks with the Red Wings to say hey look like obviously he's right now he's he's 13 points in 26 games. He's a 40 point guy and that's that's pretty decent. I mean that's generally a 40 point winger. You're making around you know maybe the high end you're getting 4 million if they if you're a big goal scorer. Like he's got six goals in 26 games. I mean so he's a close to a 20 goal score. That's never really been, I guess he, he did have a 40 goal season one year, but, uh, I wonder if he's willing to take like three times three. Does he just resign with the wings? Because I think he'd be a great guy to have around.
1: Like, oh, I, I could not just with that.
0: going. You know what? Yes, we could get a third round pick. Yes, we could get some, some lower end picks, but we could keep him around at a good dollar amount. A, you need to have some bodies, uh, and, and B, what better guy, a guy who's been through hell and has found his way back and has improved his game but also improved his life, what better guy to have around a new group of young players?
1: Yeah, and I do think Bobby Ryan's going to get a lot of suitors this offseason, but really the question is going to be whether he wants to stick around for a rebuild or not.
0: So That's true. Well, he's doing it now. <laughs> um, okay, who's your uh, who's your next most likely player to be traded?
1: Okay. I've got uh, the Nashville Predators moving Michael Granlin and I honestly the the best fit for me when I was really diving into this because I think there's a team out there that could really use a third line guy, whether that's on the wing or can play center because we both we, we know Michael Granlin can play both, and that's the Toronto Maple Leafs. I
0: I actually that's exactly where I went. I've I've heard his name tossed around for that as well. Okay. And I think that the Leafs have actually tried to acquire him before.
1: Yeah. I, I. that's actually what I read and was just like you know what that makes a lot of sense that's perfect to me and I think Granlin would be a good fit he's still got some wheels on him and he's you know again Wayne Simmons I don't know what his situation is when he's coming back from injury I, I don't think it was anything major but um you know, again, guys like Jimmy VC just haven't really done it for me, and I would like to see a guy like Michael Grandland get an opportunity. He has scored a few goals as of late. But. That's true. <laughs> but I think for Toronto to get this done, they could give, uh, you know, a twenty-one fifth rounder and maybe another third in, you know, a later draft. Yeah. I think that I, would be enough. I think another team
0: with some potential for Grandland is the Carolina Hurricanes. Yes. The Hurricanes have... They have decent centers. You know, I mean, you've, get, you've got Stahl. You've got Trocheck who can play center. You have Aho who can play center. Like, you've got guys who can play center. Same with Granlin. I mean, Granlin can go down the middle, but he can also go play the wing. And I think you add Granlin to that mix of players, suddenly you have some incredible depth, especially come playoff time when we all know things can go awry pretty quick. Guys can get hurt. And if you find one of your centers out for any length of time having grandland in there to uh, to kind of shore up the holes he can be plugged in wherever you want him to go yeah. and <laughs> he can kill penalties he's a good defensive center something that fits with
1: carolina's system and he wins faceoffs but i actually have carolina acquiring another forward so oh, we'll talk okay. about that in a little bit yeah i can also see
0: a uh, a colorado avalanche acquisition of a guy like Granlund.
1: Again, I've got another forward going to Colorado. You are? Are you peeking at my list here? No, 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 I, I'm not. I swear.
0: Uh, okay, Granlund is number two. Who do you have at, at number three?
1: I have Mark Stahl moving, and to me, he's going to Colorado. Okay, there's we it. talked about it. Yeah, I think for a pair of fourth round picks, you can get it done. Maybe a third rounder at best, but. Honestly, I think, you know, with Mark Stahl, if you actually look, it's funny. I, I can't remember who had the had the stat lineup, but it was best goals against per 60 minutes at even strength. Mark Stahl and Stetcher from Detroit, that pairing, is in that top 10. It's absolutely shocking. It is very <laughs> shocking. As bad as that team plays. I,
0: I did never expect to see Mark Stahl in the top 10 of anything but numbers uh, that are going the other way.
1: Yeah, and it, I mean... Whether or not that actually is his doing, or maybe a combination of both guys, um, regardless, I think right now there's going to be a lot of teams that you know obviously are always willing to pay out for depth defensemen come playoff time yeah, because I mean, injuries occur and sure,
0: sure. And when you look at Colorado's defensive core, their their third line pairing is kind of a a jumble, right? So. You know, you go beyond that like a Ryan Graves and Devin Taves and, and Samuel Garrard and um, Bowen Bryram's hurt right now. That that doesn't help. And then of course Kale McCarr. That is I mean, you need depth defensively to win in the playoffs. Like there's no doubt about it. You you can look back team after team that has won the Stanley Cup. It is players that come seemingly out of nowhere as seventh defensemen and are the heroes for some of these teams. And Pittsburgh did it. Yep. You look at Pittsburgh, who loses Chris Letang years ago, and and they managed to win on the backs of basically Brian Dumoulin. Nobody knew who (laughs) Brian Dumoulin was before that uh, 2016 run, and out comes Brian Dumoulin being a number one defenseman. And uh, him and – oh, crap. Who was the guy that – he went to the Leafs afterwards never made the playoffs like his whole career and then he went one won the cup and then he played for the Leafs and then went to the Ottawa Senators I don't know I can't think about it we're going to find
1: it. Yeah, you look it up. But with Colorado, you know, what stuck out to me is Ron, last... Ron Hainsey. Hainsey. Okay, yeah. There you go. Uh, good old Atlanta Thrasher. Um, yes. <laughs> so, when when I looked at Colorado, right, I looked last year at the playoffs. Eric Johnson out. This team lacked defensive defensemen. And, yes, they went out and they got Devin Taves in the offseason, which was an incredible move. Loved it. They re-signed him quickly. But... I still would like to see one other guy on this back end that can play D really, really well, and to me, Mark Stahl can fit in there on a third-pairing seventh guy if you want to do that, in case, you know, again, Eric Johnson is out and, you know, not playing well. Devin Tave's out. But, you you got but, a guy who can play top minutes. Cal McCarr
0: is out, and they're, they're saying that it's going to be long-term, so.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, like, again, guys like Bowen Byram, uh, Samuel Gerrard, I think they've got enough guys that can play offensive style D, but... To me, I'd like to see another guy who can really shut down on the back end. Yes, I I definitely agree. Uh,
0: okay, let's... Mark Stahl, number three. Let's go to number four. All right. Fourth most likely player to be traded.
1: To me, it's Ryan Dezingle from the Ottawa Senators on an expiring contract. Zingle again. Yes. Now, now, that would mean he was... Because he was on Ottawa, dealt to Columbus, signed to Carolina, and then dealt back to Ottawa. Yeah. Yeah. But to me, again, we're talking Colorado, and that's where I think he goes. I think Colorado would be a great fit for him because when you look up and down this lineup, right, you've got, obviously, Landis Gog, McKinnon, Rantanen, that top line. Uh, Brandon Saad's been all right. Kadri's been, you know, wonderful for them. But beyond that, there's a lot of question marks, guys, you know, that are up and down all the time, maybe aren't performing. You know, Brandon Saad, beginning of the season, looked like like he was lost. He's kind of got back in with it. But, you know, how long does that continue? Um, but beyond that I think their middle six is just really missing a guy who you know can not only play center but can play on the wings as well and so I think Dezingle just fits that that mold really well he's got speed to burn so he can he could move up if you want him to with McKinnon and he could keep up but if you want to move him down on that third line he you know he still produces
0: yeah and and, and a good fit there and and Ottawa I I do wonder you know Ottawa trades a guy you trade a guy who's a UFA and then you go and you acquire him when he is a UFA at this point are you maybe in Ottawa he's a guy that you want to keep around like per- perhaps the reason they were willing to deal him deal for him was we actually we regret losing this guy so let's bring him back in the trade was there they had the ability to do it like Ryan dezingle's stock has fallen in my mind since he was dealt to Columbus okay he was in Ottawa. He was basically on the first line, scoring. He was. He looked like, hey, this is a this is a twenty twenty five goal score. you know. And okay, maybe if we if he's playing on the third line, he's only going to score eighteen to twenty. But we we think that this guy can be really good. And lo and behold, he's he's maybe not as good as as they were hoping. Like once he went to Columbus, he was mediocre. And, yeah, and you can and make the obviously argument obviously Carolina that... felt the same way because they were willing to deal him as well. He just didn't fit their system at yeah, all. Yeah, that's, that's the like, thing to me. With Zingle, you just got to find the right system for him. And is that system in Ottawa? Now, granted, they do have a different head coach. You know, DJ Smith, head coach there now. Well, he was the coach last year. Last year. And that's
1: when zingle was dealt, too. So.
0: Yeah. Um, no, Zingle was dealt the year before. Right. Took so, so it is a new new head coach for Ottawa.
1: Yeah, but as far as Ottawa is concerned, I mean, they're at this point. I mean, after watching their game last night against Edmonton, just they—they're they're lacking leadership and well, they're just uh, horrible. Yeah, so <laughs> just start selling everything off at this point.
0: What? Yeah, between Ottawa and Buffalo, my god,
1: my god, my god is right.
0: Uh, is uh, I can't see your list, but is there any players from the Buffalo
1: Sabres on your list coming up soon? I have two because I'm itching. To I have Buffalo two. Sabres. Yeah. Okay. I've got one more that I think is more likely to happen, and okay. then I've got two to go straight to Buffalo. Beautiful, or maybe one, and then we'll go back okay, to another okay. team. Anyways, um, so number five for me, I've got Denny Savard from Columbus. David Savard. I'm sorry, yeah, Den- Denny, Denny Savard, Savard did play in the eighties. Yes, <laughs> David the Savard. Bug. Yeah, I think David Savard moving from Colum- moving from Columbus with maybe a late round six, seventh round pick, uh, going to Pittsburgh in my mind for a pair of second rounders i think is what it'll take second round picks yeah he's gonna be the most coveted defenseman going into this you know this deadline and i think being a right-handed guy a guy who has been well known to shut it down defensively there's gonna be a lot of teams itching to get his you know especially at a low price contract that he has right now a lot of teams can squeeze him in and i think pittsburgh we've seen in the past they're willing to, you know, throw a couple extra picks. Now, granted, they do have a new GM in there now with Hextall. So maybe not, but, um, you know, I think Pittsburgh could really use him on defense because let's, let's face it right now, they're not stopping the puck that well.
0: Right. And we do know that Pittsburgh is going to try and win with their current group. So you got to bring in some new faces and uh, any help for the Pittsburgh Penguins at this point would be crucial.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you look at so when you look at that East Division, right? The top team, the Islanders, fifty-seven goals against. When you go down to Pittsburgh, seventy-seven. That's a huge difference for a team that you know they're going to practically have, a goal per game, almost right. You know? They're going to, I mean, they're basically going to have to go through the Islanders. They're going to have to go through Boston. I feel like at some point, and when you face these two juggernauts that can shut you down defensively, you have to have some defense to be able to compete in those two to one, one nothing games. Right, right. And Pittsburgh is, I mean
0: they have been hot as of late three wins in a row they're 7 and 3 in their last 10 they've been playing really well as opposed to boston who has seemingly fallen off the map since we did our power rankings right boston's <laughs> just taken a giant dump uh, but you got to think that the penguins are going they're going to need some help here to even get into the playoffs
1: yeah and i think they have to do that sooner rather than later because i agree with you i Pittsburgh, I picked them preseason to not make the playoffs. I'm still thinking that's going to be the case because this next team on my list that makes a move, I think, is going to probably jump them at some point and get in.
0: Okay. Let's go for
1: it. And that's the Philadelphia Flyers. I think they make a move for a guy by the name of Tyler Mott from Vancouver. Okay. Currently injured, but, I mean, this guy is a goal scorer. Um, Not only is he red hot, I mean, he was red hot before he went out, but... Um, when you look at his hits per game he's almost at nearly five hits per game while you know s- scoring a bunch of goals five and hits I think per game yeah and I think for any team that likes to play a little rough um you know that would that would be you know Philadelphia they could use somebody to to bang to thrash and um, <clears throat> you know outside of JVR who can throw the body honestly so to me I think that's that's a really nice fit there and not to mention I think you could probably get away with maybe a third round pick maybe a fourth and a, yeah, another a late round
0: cheaper for a guy like Tyler Mott,
1: right? For a guy you can plug in on your third line and can score a few goals for you. I think that would just make perfect sense to me.
0: Yes. Um, now when it comes to Vancouver, you know, I guess we've got what 26 or so games left. They've got, they're behind five games. I mean, they have played 30 games and Montreal's played 25. So at this point back 5 points you got to think over those 5 games Montreal's going to pick up at least 4 points and that puts them a solid 10 9 10 points out of a playoff spot and I, so i think you're right i, I Vancouver almost has no shot I mean, if there was an, if this was an 82 game season i wouldn't count them out but in, in with a 56-game season, we're basically half done. I mean, they are more than halfway done in their season now. And it just doesn't look like it's, it's going to happen for Vancouver. So, with that said, yes, a guy like Tyler Mott, uh, obviously other players that uh, could potentially get moved from Vancouver as well. I wonder, especially those teams in the Canadian divisions, if there's not a little bit of a like, okay, look, We're all here. We're all in Canada together. We can make this a lot easier on ourselves and just deal these guys amongst like maybe the maybe the price between two Canadian teams is a little cheaper than the price between a Canadian and American team because of the ease of staying in the same country a little bit less complicated both teams maybe like one team is willing to take a little less from uh, same in the united states like is a team going to be take like if if it's a uh, let's say the leafs are com- are competing with with uh, somebody over mikhail Granlin for nashville is nashville going to be more likely to make a deal with an american team or will the cost be higher for a Canadian team to come after somebody on an American
1: team if another American team is bidding for it? So the only thing I can think of when it comes to something like that, now I think, honestly, teams don't really care. Um, now I think, preferably, I think teams will try to, like the Canadian teams will try to pick guys from within their own division because maybe they don't want to wait that 10 days that you know you have to quarantine or whatever well, it is well, across the it's border. It's one thing if it's a pick for a player, then you don't care. But if you're
0: actually acquiring some prospect or a younger guy who's gonna come in and sure. play, which I mean, hey, we're you know, we're I'm certain that Taylor Hall's popping up in here and Ricard Raquel and there there are some good players that we haven't mentioned yet who could still get dealt, will probably get dealt for more than just a pick, and that probably is where it becomes more of a like, well, this guy either we get this guy in two weeks or we get this guy now. And those in in a fifty six game season. Once we get to that point, we're talking eighteen to sixteen games left. Probably, then you're really up against
1: crunch time, and that could make the difference. Sure. Now I will say, if, as far as Tyler Mott's concerned, if there is a team maybe within the division he could potentially go to, I could see the Calgary Flames making moves because they could really use some offense. Somebody who can score, you know, from a depth. Calgary perspective. Flames need pretty much everything. Yes, they really. Do? <laughs> well, besides goaltending, they Jacob can't Mark- score has been and they're letting a lot of goals in. <laughs> well, I don't blame any of that on Markstrom. He's he's been playing great. Um it just that that team is a hot mess right now. No pun intended. Yeah. Okay, who do you got next? All right, let's go to Buffalo. Okay. We talked about there him. Um I said at the beginning of the show there's two stalls on my list, so let's talk about the second stall and that is Eric's stall. Okay, yeah. Um I honestly think, and this is maybe the dreamer in me. Only three goals in 24 games. Yeah, I Definitely think, struggling, but who isn't in Buffalo? Yeah, I mean, everybody. Ryan O'Reilly. <laughs> you
0: don't have to look for, like, everyone's going to look at guys in Buffalo and go, yeah, but look at Ryan O'Reilly. He hated his life there. And then he went and he went to Con Smythe with, with uh, blah,
1: blah, St. Louis. St. Louis, yeah. Well, I mean, look at it now. I mean, so <sighs> Jack Eichel's gone. So everybody's going to struggle on that team even worse now. Right. He's been dishing the puck to everybody, basically. Is any goals they score just because he's dished it. So they're gonna they're gonna be hurting. But anyways, um, dream scenario for me, Eric Stahl, we talked about a team earlier that could use some depth scoring. That's the Carolina Hurricanes. Okay. I think if there's a place for him to go back Go back to Carolina. Yes. Play because right now they've got Jordan Stahl on that third line, and Jordan Stahl is one of their best scorers. He's their best faceoff guy captain. I think it would be great to see Eric Stahl on his wings. Playing the brothers wow. with Spechnikoff on the other wing who is, you know, on Jordan Stahl's left wing right now. But so you put Eric Stahl on the other wing, you maybe, you know, or mix up the lines, whatever. Doesn't matter. I think for a pair of third rounders for a guy who's just a couple seasons removed from a 40 goal campaign who can still put up goals and he's going to provide leadership depth. And he's going to just he's going to bring just a certain charge and like charisma to that team I think that is just gonna like when they had that whole run of a bunch of jerks right it's gonna be that same kind of just yep, yep. energy that's gonna come with Eric Stahl so to me that would just be fantastic to see and a team that could use it and you know again you know, who knows where they're going to be next year because they've got some free agents. You know, they could lose some defensemen to the expansion draft to Seattle because they're definitely not protecting all seven guys. That's for damn sure. Um, you know, goaltending a question mark after this season. So why not send a couple third-rounders over, get Eric Stahl, and then make a make a push?
0: Okay. Uh, you know, I Eric Stahl, would, anybody that can acquire him is going to be in a better place after after Absolutely. The team that... You know, I go, all right, who, who desperately needs a, an infusion of something? The Florida Panthers had a great start. I think they're a really good team. I think the Florida Panthers are a playoff team. In this division, I think it's almost a certainty that they'll make the playoffs. But ever since they traded Vince Trocek, they have not had the same type of depth at center ice. Uh, You know, when when they traded Vince Trocek, it was pretty shocking, actually, because they had Barkov and Trocek. And, I mean, Trocek had just come off of a, what, 35 goals or right around 30-goal season. And they really haven't replaced him with.
1: I mean, they tried Alex Winberg. He's been okay. Right. right. There,
0: There are, I mean, okay, have they tried to replace him? Yes, they have tried to replace him. But they haven't really brought in anybody who actually can replace him. And what better player, especially when you look up and down this roster. You, you bring in Patrick Hornquist and look how Hornquist has played. He's played really well and he's he fits in with that team because I think he's really one of the few veteran presences on that team. 21 points in 25 games. He got 10 goals. You look at the rest of the team, they actually, in terms of their forward group, he's the only player over the age of 27 So you bring in Eric Stahl, he can either, he'll anchor that second, the third line, doesn't matter. He's going to come in and he's going to make an impact. And to me, the Florida Panthers need some kind of infusion of like, we believe in what's going on here. You had a great start. Now feed the boys. Give them something additional to play with. And it should be Eric Stahl.
1: I don't hate that move. Not one bit. And I mean. Or Ricard Raquel. Yeah, but, but I,
0: I really, I think there is there is a a certain level of, of veteran leadership that's needed. Eric Stahl would be, I think, the oldest player on the Florida Panthers, if acquired. Uh, yes, he would indeed be. The oldest players are Keith Yandel and Anton Strauman at 34 years of age, as uh, uh, both of them. So you bring in Eric Stahl. I think you've, you you kind of give yourself somebody, also somebody who's wanna stay on the cup, uh, trying to look. Obviously, Patrick Hornfuss has won a cup. You bring in those guys, and you do start to kind of build this championship mindset. Guys who know how to win. There is something to be said about it. I mean, you look at what the Leafs are doing. They're bringing in. They're, they've brought in some players who have been around the block for a while. They know how to win. Granted, Joe Thornton or Jason Spezza have never won a cup, but they know how to. They've get. been there. They, they've been there. I mean, yes. Yeah. There's only so much an individual player can do, but you know what it's like to win rounds and advance in the Stanley Cup playoffs. You know what it takes. You know the the hard work that it takes. And most of these guys forget a Stanley Cup.
1: Most of these guys have never won a round. Yeah, that's very true. They've got the draft capital to do it, right? They've got all their picks, so they could make a move. And, and they have the they have the cap space. They've got 14 million at the deadline. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, so. They're, they're
0: more than more than capable of doing that. Yep. Should we stick on Buffalo for a little while? Because Buffalo could really. Buffalo, I'll, I'll go one, the, more. Okay, yeah. okay. one more. Yeah. One more in Buffalo. To me, they are in a, in a better position than Detroit because while well, Detroit has a lot of players they can deal, there are a lot of like C level type of players. Buffalo, man, when you go Taylor Hall, Eric Stahl, Brandon mm. Montour, like there are some potential players that you can deal that you could get some significant assets back for.
1: Yeah. And my favorite trade rumor of all, Jack Eichel still like on the block and, for like the last 4 years. Jack Eichel on the block <laughs> because, you know, every I don't know if
0: it's still true, but I remember the highest suicide rate for occupations was a dentist. And the highest suicide rates in any major city in the United States is Buffalo. So I I think it was said that you don't want to be a dentist in Buffalo, but yikes, got to be a depressing place to live if that's. the case.
1: I've, I've visited there a couple of times. Um, it's it's a nice city, but those winters are rough. Ah, uh, yeah, those yeah, winters are rough bit, there. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. A little bit of smog, <laughs>
1: a little, smog. little bit of ice. That's always what I picture is smog. I don't know why. No, when I that wind hits from the from the lakes, mm, that it just it's all ice on yeah, the ground. Yeah, it's crazy. It's no fun. Uh, okay, so are we going Taylor Hall? We're going Taylor now Hall and Montour. Yes. Okay. I, okay. So here's where I think Taylor Hall lands up, and I think it's going to cost the team a first round pick. Well, oh, I mean, at least, well, what did what was the price for Taylor Hall when New Jersey
0: dealt him to Arizona?
1: I think that was a little different because you're you got a guy who's a known heart trophy commodity, and I think he's kind of. Taking a step back. He hasn't been as productive. I mean, Sorry, obviously... Two goals
0: two goals through 24 games is, yeah. is a joke.
1: But I, mean, I even, do think... Even with Jack Eichel
0: out, Taylor Hall is supposed to be the line driver. Right. And he has been
1: nothing but... He's, he's been, been mediocre. Not, he's not been a line driver at all. Yeah, and I, I do think while there are going to be teams that are still willing to pony up a first round for him, I think you're just going to have to find the right team. And there's always a team every year in and out at the trade deadline that's willing to deal, willing to... They always want to bring in that that big-name goal scorer, right? They did it with Rick Nash, Charlie Coyle, and it's going to be Boston Bruins. I thought you were going to say
0: the New York Rangers because the <laughs> New York Rangers brought in Rick Nash, too.
1: Yeah, they did. I, I honest, Well, New York's a little bit too far removed, and they got Panarin back, so maybe we'll see where they go. But... Um, yeah, I think Boston is is primed to, to bring in some more scoring because you look up and down this lineup, right? We know the big three, Marchand, Bergeron, and Pasta, they're doing phenomenal. They're going to continue to produce, but when you get past that, I mean, you've got David Krejci, who's 19 games, 11 points, not a single goal yet, right? I mean, granted, you're not expecting this guy to score goals, but Charlie Coyle, a guy I expected to score goals, five, eight points, I mean... It's okay, but I I, I need a little bit more, and I think if you can put a guy like Taylor Hall on that second line with David Kreitchie or maybe even Charlie Coyle, I think you could get an explosion of of points from this guy. And let's face it, I think Boston is in a place right now where they have to deal that first round because Tuka Rask may be gone, Halak may be gone after the season. We don't know what that situation's going to be like, and quite frankly, David Kreitchi is getting a little bit older. Bergeron's getting a little older. Kreitchi is a free agent. I think he honestly just sticks around. Maybe he takes a two year, $4 million per deal kind of thing, which would be fine. But, you know, again, I think they, they need to go all in on this season if they're, they're serious about it and getting a guy like Taylor Hall would be an all in type move. That is very true. There's one
0: team Taylor Hall should go to now. I know giving up a first round pick would be a lot to ask for a team that isn't like, all right, hey, we're a we're a Stanley Cup contender. Like, let's go ahead and trade our first round pick. But where has I mean Taylor Hall? The reason he signed to Buffalo, it wasn't because he loved Buffalo. It's because he a, wanted to he play thought, with Eichel. He thought he could, yeah he could play with yeah. Eichel. He thought he would pad his stats and get himself paid. And he figured, well, you know, I'm I'm trying. I'm a free agent in the middle of COVID. Let, let me sign my one year deal and next year things will be a little more stable and I'll be able to get somebody who's willing to pay me, you know, seven times seven or seven times eight, whatever, what have you. Now, what team out there, how many teams can afford to pay Taylor Hall and to go, you know what, let's fast forward where we're at. I think there's one team that could do so much more than anyone would expect. It is the Chicago Blackhawks. Wow, <laughs> Chicago Blackhawks. I think all it would take is their first round pick. If they traded their first round pick, which potentially you know it, it could you lose in the first round, you're still talking about a top twenty pick, maybe. The Chicago Blackhawks trade that first round pick. They they've already they've they've made quite a few first round picks that are paying off now they've been able to build this kind of, almost like patchwork this team back together to where they've been buzzing pretty well. Jonathan Taves is still not back. Is, is he going to come back at all this year? Or I really anything? don't know. I I haven't heard anything about that. I I got to imagine that he's just it's it's Jonathan Taves. He's coming back. <laughs> Look it up. Find out if he's coming back. But imagine if the Chicago Blackhawks were to acquire Taylor Hall. And then able to convince him like would you be willing to take a to take a 2 or 3 year deal at 7 million bucks on Taylor Hall if you're Chicago? Boy,
1: Chicago's interesting. I like that for a deadline move, but maybe long term, I don't know. Um, but you don't even, but it doesn't have to be long term, but that could be hey, Chicago goes
0: all of a sudden from a like a playoff bubble team to Potentially, if Taylor Hall can take a line upon himself and he's given new life, potentially you have a Stanley Cup contender in Chicago again.
1: I mean, I will say this right: De- Alex DeBrinket is looking phenomenal. Patty Kane is Patty Kane, so he's going to be good for many more years. But I think between those guys, if you can finally find somebody, i.e., maybe a Taylor Hall to, to play, with, to play Taves, with Taves, now you can be or Strom or you know, yeah, now you can be super competitive for the next. Three four years again. I'm still concerned about the goaltending long term. You know, is this year a fluke or not? But outside of that, I mean, you could you could really make some noise and still be competitive. Especially, you know, who I have no idea what the divisions are going to look like next year if they're going back. Because if, if you had said at the beginning of the year, you said, "All right,
0: look," halfway through the season, Chicago will be firmly in a playoff spot. They're pretty. I mean. You know, they're, they're in a playoff spot. Yeah, uh, Dallas is really the only team with six games in hand. They would have to win five of six just to tie them. So I, you're in pretty good position. You're in a good position right now as Chicago. If you said, hey, halfway through the season, you're going to be in a playoff spot and you're going to be points up on the next team, on a lot of teams, you're going to do that without Jonathan Taves, Andrew Shaw, Kirby Doc. Alex Nylander, and you're going to do it with
1: Kevin Lankinen as your starting goaltender. Yeah, I would have said you're high. Things are going really well for them. <laughs> I mean, at this point, if you're Chicago, you got to really take a look and say, okay, are we going to be a contender or are we just going to continue this rebuild? Because, you know, you got to say, let's give these young guys experience, which is. Which is great. But you just want to surround your young guys with good players. Well, not only that, but you're wasting Patty Kane and, you right. know, Tave's right. last couple years with this franchise. So we'll see. Yeah. The other
0: team that, uh, that really could look, it would be a very interesting acquisition. But the New York Islanders and Taylor Hall, you know, you, you have a team that is so good defensively that Taylor Hall actually played really well when he played in New Jersey. Uh, under John Hines was the head coach. That was the year that he won the the Hart Trophy, and he played really, really well under a system that was defensive, of course. But he was given his he was given opportunities to score. I wonder if he could go into a really tight system and succeed because you you think of the players that he'd be surrounded with in New York, with an Anders Lee and uh, a, a Pajot, Cal Clutterbuck. These guys that can make room, Barzell. make a lot of room for Taylor Hall to give him the space to do what he needs to do. That could be a really interesting combination.
1: Yeah, my only concern for a team like the Islanders is they're up against Not a the lot cap. Of cap space. Yeah, so they've got to move money out, and right now it's when you look at money going out. Um, gosh, what's what's his face? Um, man, why can't I think of the name? Uh, Andrew Ladd. Sorry, that's what it is. So. You got to move Andrew Ladd, and they tried to do it last year with Zach Parise and Ladd. That swap, that you know, Parise actually waived his no-trade clause to go right, there. Right. Um, that's a little bit more doubtful in my mind, but it would be interesting for sure.
0: Yeah, they also, I mean, right now they they do have Johnny Boychuk on LTIR, and I think that right now it's actually counting towards the cap, so that would leave you with some space. I think. Maybe yeah, we'll not, see. I wonder, you know, is there somebody in there that you could deal that would, like a Leo Komarov? He's making three million dollars a year. You kind of move things around. You you know, you kind of trickle things through. Taylor Hall, Buffalo Sabers have to eat half that deal. They might have to eat half that deal, anyways. Yeah, and at that point, it's only—it's really only like seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars, right? Because you know, you've already paid them pro-rated, sure. Yeah. So it's only through the end of the year. So I don't think that that would be a really big deal for Buffalo. You might have to feed them an extra third round pick or something. But to me, the New York Islanders, I mean, this is their time right now. Things are looking real good, but for a team that's really defensive with a lot of aging veterans, you got to go for this. Like the Islanders have never actually gone for it. They just happened to win a couple rounds the last couple years and and actually have become Contenders of rounds, but I don't think they're Stanley Cup contenders. I really don't. I don't see this team winning the cup. Yeah, no, I I but agree with you. Add Taylor Hall to this mix.
1: Suddenly, this actually, <laughs> I, this I think is the top Are you pitching team. right now. To you want me to call up? Uh, yeah, yeah, Barry Trotz, up. and be like, hey, listen. Yep, yeah, yeah, call up. Uh, I got him on speed dial. Garth Snow. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get Mike Milberry on the phone. Mike Milberry. <laughs>
0: he's got a lot of influence in New York.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay. Who else you got on your list? All right. I got a couple more. Okay. Uh, this one to your to your team here, the Toronto Maple Leafs. They are going to go after a guy who can, who is literally the best faceoff guy right now in the NHL, if record, uh, if I remember correctly. But we already have Jason Spezza. <laughs> He's, <destroying laughs> He's good. It. He's good. I'll, I'll He's give you that. He's been playing it. really well. But again, this is a guy who can play the wings. He's very very good at penalty killing. Uh, that's Luke Glendening.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: If Mike Babcock was there, he would... Oh, he'd be all over it, but I think Glenn still... Glenn would have already been there. Yes, but I still think this is a great fit for a team. Uh, but Toronto, again, being up against the cap, they're going to have to move some money back. So I think this is going to cost Toronto probably a third rounder, but you're also going to send over a Jimmy VC with it. So you're telling Detroit, hey, we'll we'll bump up the fourth to a third if you take some salary back so we can make this happen. Yeah, uh, I,
0: I don't know if... The Leafs would be willing to give up a third-round pick for Luke Glendening.
1: Yeah, but if you have a guy who's when there's proven... Mikhail Granlund
0: out there, yeah, like, well, like Luke Glendening to me is the like is the second prize in that in that group. Like if I'm looking Granlund or Glendening, I'm going after Granlund. Well, sure, and I'd rather pay a second-round pick for Granlund than a third-round pick for Glendening. Because I know that Granlin can play with really good players. Glenn Denning can play with fourth-line players. He can play with really good players, too. Well, who's been good? He
1: can keep yeah, up. He's
0: played with he can keep the last up. four years. <laughs> I'm not saying like <laughs> he he's going to produce,
1: <laughs> but he'll he'll keep up. He'll keep up. Um, granted, if you are going after Glenn Denning, you're not putting him on your first or second line. Let's let's just be clear about that. You might put him on your third or fourth sure. line, sure. you know, with uh, Spezza or you know, maybe even you know, well, Joe and, Thornton. And to but, have a guy like that when when
0: guys go down with injury, that that certainly uh, can can pay off as well.
1: Uh, who else you got? All right, so this one is um, a little bit more of an interesting. I think maybe probably my least out of the ten is my least plausible move. Uh, that is Elvis Merlickens getting moved from the Columbus Blue Jackets, right? Getting moved to the Edmonton Oilers. Oh, wow. Yes. Not like in the Mike Smith experiment up there, eh? I I think Smith is great. I've always been a fan of his, but I, I don't think you it's going you to know be what? sustainable. That's, that sounds like a, a conversation that, my, uh,
0: that a boss has told me before. You know what? We think you're great. <laughs> and we, just, we really appreciate what you've been able to do for us. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, see ya. You want some insurance, and not only that, but you need some future insurance as well. And I think for a guy like Merliken, who still has another year left, um, you can get this guy locked in to be your 1A, 1B with, um, you know, Costin in for for at least a couple years, and then you can kick Costin into the curb and let Murslick and take over. It's a lot of money to pay three goalies, so it is absolutely. But again, if I'm the they don't Edmonton really have Oilers, any cap space either. No, but you have to move out money, and so what I think it costs a team like you know Col- or the Oilers is probably a couple second rounders, but you've got to send Alex Chase on back with it. His money, I think, if you move him and just let him go because he's playing fourth line minutes right yeah, now, sure, and sure. um. You send him to Edmonton or to Columbus, I think Columbus would take on a little bit of a grinder, a guy who can maybe play that Josh Allen or Josh Anderson type role on their third line, whatever. They might like him there. I don't know, whatever. The the bottom line is Edmonton needs a solid goaltender and somebody I think who can bring a little confidence because right now you've got, I mean, you've got this team is humming right now. I mean, they just, I mean, granted it, yeah, it was a seven to one victory against, uh, you know, Ottawa, but you know they're they're winning games they right just now. They are looking three
0: in a row to the Leafs. Well,
1: that's the Leafs. <laughs> Who then
0: went and lost two in a row to Vancouver. So right, there's no. Uh... So you
1: never know what you're going to get. But I, I think you know again, they've got some free agents that they've got to pay, like Yamamoto. You know Ryan Hopkins. I think now's the time to strike. You know, get it done.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and this Canadian division is really wide open. Like you got to figure out how to beat the Leafs, probably. But if you can beat the Leafs in a seven-game series, you're probably going to make it to the conference finals.
1: Right. And, and then the other thing is, too, is you've got to think longer term about it, too, because if you come in and Merz plays really, really well, and you're like, great, I think we found our guy sure, long sure. term. Now you don't have to worry about Tyson Berry, Adam Larson. Like, do we have the money to, to keep them? Should we keep them? Should we wait and see if we can't find a goaltender? Now you know, okay, well, maybe we can get rid of one of these guys. Why, why
0: does Columbus want to trade Merz Licken's?
1: because they're not going to keep both these guys around long term and i think right now, you know, why why obviously
0: lots of lots of teams have two good goalies.
1: Yeah, but i think it's going they're not going to pay the money to keep both these guys. I mean, they're not Vegas where they're going to get accidentally locked into something like that. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> um so i think personally they're just they're going to make a move. They're going to send both lookins out.
0: 2.8 million and 7. Million
1: <laughs> 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 you know? Yeah. It's Corpus Allo. A little bit, but but do you want Corpusallo to be your starting goalie? Yes, trainer? you do. If you're Columbus, i would i would choose him over and All day long,
0: okay. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't mention Matthias Ekholm. uh, Yeah, I don't think he gets moved. Trade board, but also a player who I mean, you look at Nashville; they have to do something. Like Nashville has been
1: terrible. I agree, but I don't think it's going to happen at the deadline. I think everything for them happens this off season, except for Grantland.
0: Except for Grantland, maybe a Brad Richardson. Yeah, maybe Brad Richardson. I think is in the same ilk as Glenn Denning. He's a guy who he'll play in your fourth line. He yeah, can I'll move take up Lindening to the third take, but Uh
1: The question for me is the off season for them because, yeah, you might want to try to move, you know, maybe. Um, Picker Renee is a free agent. Yeah, you've got that goaltending situation to figure out, right? But I think when you think about it long term, right, Nashville has to ask themselves when they're going into the expansion draft, are they going to basically keep, you know, Dante Fabro, Ekholm, Yossi, you know, and Ellis, or are they going to just keep three and just save some forwards? Now I think, you know, maybe they might try to make a play and get. Well, that's why
0: Ekholm has to go. Well, that's why if, you're going to trade him. Because if he, they,
1: yeah, if they decide, okay, well, we're just keeping these three guys, well, sure, yeah, but maybe, maybe you decide, okay, great, we're going to protect four defensemen and then just four forwards. So now we leave a guy like maybe a Matt Duchesne or Ryan Joe, well, not Ryan Johansson, but maybe a Matt Duchesne open to get plucked out, right? Maybe Seattle's like, cool, we'll take them off your hands. Maybe you, you throw them a third rounder to, to do it, or who knows? I don't think... Do
0: they have to protect uh, Dante Frabro?
1: Because isn't it uh, first and second
0: year players you don't have to...
1: I don't remember players off the top played, of my head. played two or less
0: seasons you don't have to protect?
1: I can't remember. But, you know, I actually did read that uh, Vegas is exempt from the expansion draft, which is a yes. load of crap yes. in my opinion, but... Yes. <laughs> that's Everyone's a whole other story. pillaged. Yes.
0: Um, now... I see. To me, it's if you want to make a splash, you deal Ekholm now because he does have that extra year in his contract. So you really could get you, you get more get, for it. You definitely get a first round pick for him, a first and a prospect, maybe an additional pick. I mean, he's not. This isn't Eric Carlson being dealt at the deadline. You know, he, Matthias Eckholm is. He could play on your first pairing if you have another good defenseman. But he could also anchor a second pairing. Uh, but there are teams who are contenders who I think would gladly pay the price, especially at three seven five.
1: Oh, anybody an would pay for that.
0: Absolute steal for Matisse Ekholm. And there are teams who desperately need that defensive side. I mean, you, uh, a lot of the teams in Canada. But you know, you you go wa- like Washington or Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh even would be a great fit for Matisse Ekholm uh, where he'll actually make an impact instead of, you know, what do we talk like Mark Stahl or like Matthias Ekholm is the guy to spend your assets on guys who could move the needle and who will be absolutely fantastic for you. And also apparently Ricard Raquel on the block, having a really nice season, 19 points through 26 games for Anaheim could easily go in and slide in on your first or second line on pretty much any team that's in playoff contention. Uh, and maybe Ricard Raquel is the second, second fiddle to Taylor Hall. Like is anyone is, are we going to see some of these big players moved before we see Taylor Hall moved? I don't know. Yeah. That's going to be be interesting. Like teams are going to want Hall, especially if Buffalo says I'm willing to eat the 50%.
1: Well, then everybody's in play at that point. Exactly.
0: And I really, I, I can't imagine that they wouldn't be because you want that bidding war. And so, I mean, who would you rather have, Ricard Raquel or Taylor Hall? You're going to take Taylor Hall based on who he is, what he's been able to do in this league. And the Hart Trophy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and he, oh, you had a bonus. I did have a bonus, yes. I, I need to know this bonus. Yeah, so this Hopefully is... Hopefully I
1: didn't spoil it. No, no. Uh, this is something that I think could potentially happen in the offseason, more likely than not. But um, I think it would be a great move for this team to do it now and get situated before the playoffs because i think they can they can make a legit push they're just they're they're sneaky becoming sleepers and i think now people are starting to recognize that maybe they could be a threat and that's the minnesota wild right yes the move i think they do is when you look at this team statistically worst power play in the league 7.9 uh goals for per game yeah they they're putting up three goals per game you have a worse power play than the detroit red wings yeah here but you. they're sitting middle of the road in terms of goals per game, right? I think the power play could use an infusion of talent. They've got good goaltending right now between Talbot and, and Kokonen, Um Or is that how you pronounce the name? I can't remember. But regardless. Coke. Yeah. <laughs> the move for me is moving Matt Dumba. Okay. Okay. Hear this out. To Detroit, who has been desperately seeking a right-handed defenseman. A good defenseman, Yes. Yes. <laughs> good to, right. Maury Snyder coming in. You've got, you know, uh, Ronick who's who's a serviceable, good number three, four defenseman. Uh, you move him to Detroit for Anthony Mantha, who Iserman has said he is more than willing to deal somebody in his top six. He's already come out and said that. The obvious name is Mantha, right? You move Mantha with Evgeny Sveshnikov, who, again, another prospect who could potentially be a really good third-line scorer for Minnesota, who just hasn't been given the ice time in Detroit. Don't know why. It blows my mind. He came in one game this season, looked great, and then they put him back on the taxi squad. But you move him, and if you do it at the deadline, you throw in a Patrick Nemeth so they get somebody else on defense to fill that, that second-line spot by moving Dumba, and then you also throw in maybe a second-round pick with that. Wow. And I think you could get Matt Dumba. Wow. Um, yeah, and Matt
0: Dumba is about <laughs> the only defenseman Minnesota has that doesn't have a no-move clause. Uh, that is a very, very fascinating deal. Uh, if you're Matt Dumba, you'd be pretty angry about it. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're finally wow. on a, a pretty good team. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a move I have not thought about. I. He's the only one without a clause in his contract. It's true. But he's also, I mean, yeah, and and I mean, they, they kind of do need to. So the the bottom I don't line know is, if you need to shake things up, though.
1: Well, I mean, no, you need you need. I think they need a scorer on the wings or potentially a second line center. But the problem is when you think long term in terms of this why not the expansion deal draft, your first round pick, and go after, go after any of the players that we've been, like Ricardo You absolutely could but the problem is I think when you look at the expansion right Dumb is going to have to get traded at some point because you have You're some saying they're not going to be a, well they they'll, they'll they leave protect Ryan some, Suter unprotected no oh, they, have, can't they have to because he he's no got move. the no movement yeah. same with Spurgeon same with Brodine. so you have to protect these guys and they guys. have to
0: protect Parise and Supero
1: <laughs> Right so you've got to <laughs> protect these forwards then you've, you mean, have I mean obviously to protect these garbage players on right. your bench yes <laughs> they want to protect they're going to probably protect Joel Eriksson-Eck. Uh, Kaprizov, I don't know where he qualifies in terms of that, but um, you know, yeah, whether I or not you have to protect him. I think he's coming
0: off of his first year, they won't have to protect him, but I'm sure. not sure. Sure,
1: but again, I think they're gonna, it's going to kind of force their hands to where Dumba's got to get moved. Yeah, well, they'll happily let Victor Rask walk. Oh, sure, for sure. He's the mistake but. of the year.
0: But that team's not gonna pick him up. Not like, so. not like as a human being. Right. Not a mistake. It's not like you know his mom's walking around saying the right, no, right, really right, biggest right. mistake I ever made or Oh goodness. You know, it's a mistake in a trade. You know, you yeah, probably shouldn't so. have dealt you know, need a Rider for him. Okay. Well that was a surprise. So I, that's I, that's shocked. the big move. Um go you should go and try this move. Like go to go play NHL twenty one. <laughs> And go and try <laughs> and make that trade and see if Minnesota would accept it. I could see it happening because they both have pretty good trade value in the game. You got to make trade. You got make the trades like difficult. Okay. You know, you can set your the yep. difficulty that it is to trade.
1: I usually set mine to easy, so that you know. I set it on medium, but sometimes I on. get frustrated, and then I'm like, <laughs> you go this, and I go it change it to medium. Yeah. <laughs> I'm offering four first round picks for Austin yeah. Matthews. Why aren't they taking this shit? Yeah, I offered so many first round picks for.
0: Uh, for Lafreniere right. in the game, because of course in the game he's going to be incredible because you know he's ranked as a franchise blah blah blah. Yeah. But not so much in real life. Okay, that's our show. Uh, find us on Twitter at ot hockey talk. Justin, this is like either the last or the second to last show that we're ever going to do from my house. Yeah, from this, this house. From this house. From yes, maybe my house, but from from this house. So we're going to have to you know get creative on locations. Do a little more Skype because I'm going to be further away. Right. Yeah. I'm I'm moving. It'll be tragic. Livonia. So, but the good thing is in that house I got a studio back. So that a boy. Yeah. All right, we will uh we will be talking to you shortly. Enjoy the hockey and uh let us know what trades you think are coming down the pipeline. At OT Hockey Talk, we'll talk. To you.